0: You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Broadcasting
1: from the place where America won its freedom in the heart of Hampton Roads, it's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1.
0: It is the Tim Donnelly Show here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. The show is presented by Larry King Law. I'm Tim Donnelly. Robbie Vogler producing. Happy Friday. Let that sink in. Three o'clock on a Friday, right? Let's go. You hear hear a little pep in my voice? Not just because it's a Friday. Uh, I've often said that, that I root for teams in the region just because, you know, it's my professional interest. It's better when teams are better. I'd rather talk about good teams. Mitchell rails to the rescue. I mean, literal. Mitchell rails to the rescue. Does anybody even know what that means? He is a potential owner of the Washington Commanders, reportedly joining forces with Josh Harris to be a billionaire-billionaire connection that might possibly get other billionaire Dan Snyder out of that position. And that matters because I want the Commanders to be good. There are owners in the NFL that are operating their teams, not as purely money-making ventures. Yes, don't get me wrong, They're all making money, but there are some that are doing it strictly to make money and there are some that are doing it to make some money while bringing a championship back to their city. Dan Snyder has not been one of them. He's been one there cashing checks, has not been one spending his own money or taking risks or uh, putting winning over money. So if you don't have an owner that is doing it for personal pride, that is doing it for competitiveness, that is doing it for, ready for this, love of the game. Yeah, yeah, I'm going full like Rudy on you. If you don't have an owner that's doing it at least in part because they want to hold the Lombardi trophy, you are at a disadvantage to everyone else that has an owner that cares about that sort of thing. Yeah, they're like, I don't even know where, why these pop up. Every once in a while will go like viral or something and it'll say, you know, uh, pineapples you used to be able to rent them in medieval times because if you had a pineapple in your house, when guests came over, it showed how rich you were. It's like, what? Never makes any sense to me, but there's a lot of that kind of stuff back in the days where, you know, I don't know, maybe there wasn't that much you could spend money on. So if you had a bunch of it, you yeah, had showed it off by buying a pineapple or renting a pineapple. It does feel like some of the the richest of the rich owning a franchise is like renting a pineapple. It's just to say there's only 32 owners in the NFL. I'm one of them. You want to come to my box suite and watch the game? Mitchell Rails is joining Josh Harris's bid to buy the Commanders. I don't think they're renting a pineapple. I don't think they're doing it just because they're really, really rich and they want to have the really, really expensive toys or the really, really expensive status symbols. Ra- Rails, excuse me, not Rates, Rails and Harris are dream owners for Commanders fans. Because I do believe they'll care about coming back to D.C., Maryland, Virginia with a championship trophy. Rails grew up in Bethesda, went to high school in Bethesda. He lives in Potomac already, right? It wouldn't be he buys a team, then gets an apartment in the, the area. No, he already lives in Potomac. He owns a museum in the area. He stations his company, Danaher Corporations, which is where the billions come from. He stations his, his company in D.C., but it goes even further back than that. Rails is the founder and former owner of Washington, D.C.'s first sports talk radio station. Now, I mean, not just because I'm in sports talk radio. If you get involved in sports talk radio, you love sports. He flipped the switch. He's the one that decided to turn whatever it was before to a sports radio station, the first one to ever do it in D.C. Think he's going to care about winning in D.C.? You think if the GM comes in and says, you know what? You're going to have to put $200 million into an escrow account, he's going to go, uh, really? No, he's going to go, will that get us the best quarterback? Will that get us Lamar Jackson? All right, let me call up my co-owner, who's Josh Harris, right? They're the ones that are supposed supposedly linking up for this deal. Guess where Harris is from? Chevy Chase, Maryland. Yeah, sure, he owns the Sixers, and he owns the New Jersey Devils in the NHL, but he's from Chevy Chase, Maryland. Which means he's a sports guy, he's a sports guy, and he cares about the area. And best of all, best of all, they have a combined net worth, according to Bloomberg, which is what popped up first when I Googled it, $14.41 billion between the two of them. Which means you're no longer the small chip stacks at the table. What did we hear when, when Lamar Jackson became available? They put him on this this uh non exclusive tag, meaning the Ravens did. And almost immediately, two teams were like out. And I'm not talking about them saying they're out. I'm saying all the beat reporters were like, the team doesn't have the cash because you have to put the money in the escrow to guarantee money. It was the commanders and the Raiders. They're just they they don't have the cash flow. They, they they don't have enough actual liquid currency to put into the account to guarantee it to the quarterback. That is operating at a disadvantage. That is operating at a disadvantage to the other teams that have big chip stacks, that are really, really rich. So now you have an owner that's not doing it for the love of the game. You have a less bankroll You're disadvantaged and disadvantaged. We haven't even started talking about rosters. We haven't even started talking about front offices. We haven't started talking about coaches. You're already two steps behind everybody else. And then, you know, like riding in knight in shining armor, Mitchell Rails and Josh Harris, a couple of billionaires with public support. Who would have guessed? Billionaires with fans on their side. 14.41 14.41 billion dollars combined. Looking to buy their home team. Now the the hardest part of all of this is getting Dan Snyder to sell it to them. But once you do that, smooth sailing. Like th- this this is a- an opportunity. There are reportedly four bids or four groups making bids on Washington that are, that are going to be getting tours of the facility if they haven't done so already. Four is the number that I've heard. Two of them are this Harris-Rails conglomerate partnership. One, Tillman Fertitta, the owner of the Houston Rockets. Uh, The other two I haven't seen anything on. Bezos interested, not allowed. So there's two mysteries, but I'm telling you right now, it it would be very, very difficult to find somebody I would rather have as the owner of Washington than Rails-Harris combo. As long as those two are buddies. I, I mean, I, I could see you don't want to have two two cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. But they're both from the area. They probably speak the same language, right? They, they have the, the – um, does Northern Virginia have an accent? Uh, is it kind of like Baltimore's accent maybe? Maybe. Virginia has like 37 different a- accents if you, if you go four hours in any direction. But
2: – All I know is they're very proud up there. They're just like they, – they're very excited that they are from the Northern Virginia area.
0: And and they're they're uh, very conditioned to traffic,
2: very conditioned.
0: You ever get caught like I've got family up in Northern Virginia. You get caught in like a half hour of traffic, and if you complain at all, they get very mad at you. They're like this traffic half hour. Oh gosh, you should see my commute into work. And I'm like, I what? It's, it's like if you ever get tired during like a 5K when you're when you're with someone that runs marathons, they start to just like scream at you. It's like, no, I'm sorry, I don't run marathons. I'm sorry, I don't sit in an hour and a half of traffic to go 12 blocks from my house every morning. So a half hour of traffic is a lot to me. I take back roads to avoid highways. What about it? Are you are you ready for new ownership? Of course you're ready for new ownership. Mitchell Rails, is he your knight in shining armor? Do you think this could actually happen or am I falling for it once again? Part of me does kind of, I, I know I'm Charlie Brown and Dan Snyder is Lucy. Like I know I'm I'm Charlie Brown, but also I don't, like I, I want the hope. You know what I mean? I could just be pessimistic and negative the whole time and say Dan Snyder is never going to sell. But then I don't even get the the two days of excitement where I think one of these owners is going to pull it off. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for me. Mitchell rails. Are you excited? Mitchell rails, Mitchell rails and Josh Harris, seven, five, seven, six, eight, seven, nine, four, nine, four. Could we be inching closer to new ownership with the Washington commanders? Seven, five, seven, six, eight, seven, nine, four, nine, four. How about this? Dan Snyder, Long-term contract for Lamar Jackson. He bails. Rails Harris t- takes. Am I asking for too much? 757-687-9494. That's not only the call-in line. That is also the Dream Lawns text line. 757-687-9494. The Rams reportedly are looking to sell Matt Stafford. They have a thing for just signing long term contracts, very expensive to quarterbacks, and then moving on from them almost immediately out there in L.A. Matt Stafford available coming up right here at Tim Donnelly Show.
1: On the field, offense wins games and defense wins championships. Defense! Defense! On The Tim Donnelly Show, we break down both sides of the action. Touchdown! The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1.
0: Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto, Sports Radio, 94.1. I know this, this text came in partially in jest, but, uh, but if Dan Snyder wants to get at least one fan back on their side, all they have to do is acquire Lamar Jackson. Uh, let's go to the text line. Again, it's the Dreamlaunch text line, 757-687-9494.
2: Robbie? From the 757, if Dan Snyder acquired Lamar Jackson – the Washington, D.C. taxpayers would fully fund the stadium and put a statue of Dan Snyder in front of it. I don't think that's true,
0: but I do agree that it would go, I mean, it would be a step in the right direction towards maybe not being as hated publicly as, as it seems like he is. Um, <laughs> they say winning solves everything. There's a lot to solve up there in Washington. There's a lot that needs to be solved when it comes to Dan Snyder and Lamar Jackson would go a long way towards winning. So if winning solves everything, it's a step in the right direction. I do think the if he acquires Lamar and then sells to to Rails and Harris like we discussed at the beginning, that's two steps in the right direction. Then all he has to do is stay away for the rest of his life and uh it'll slowly, you know, time heals all wounds, winning solves everything. Eventually, one day, he might be able to walk around the, uh, maybe not D.C., is like the surrounding areas maybe, the outskirts of town, East Coast, somewhere else maybe, without hearing something mean. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Maybe you could acquire Matt Stafford. Wouldn't that be the Snyder, Snyder way to go? You could trade two first-round picks and spend a bunch of money on Lamar, or... Way overspend and get a bad contract back for Matt Stafford. Because the Rams are the most impatient team in the NFL, and they're already up to their old tricks looking to sell a quarterback. Matt Stafford showed up, won a Super Bowl, had a down year, got hurt. Now Mike Lombardi, friend of the show, we had him on at the Super Bowl, uh, was on the Pat McAfee show and says, Stafford is available.
1: Oh, Matt Stafford's fully available. For Matt Stafford, they're trying to. They would love to trade. They could. They can't do it because he's got fifty-seven million guaranteed. Hold on, though. There's a lot of. Play- do we know he's yeah. playing?
0: Do we know he's playing? We're one hundred percent sure he's playing. Well, he
1: says he is playing, oh, but okay. it, mm-hmm. you know, he's, but but Pat, his contract, he's got twenty. I think twenty-six million of an option bonus on the third day of the league year and he's got 31 million in paragraph five on the third day of the league year all of that is guaranteed when i say guaranteed that's for skill and injury so it doesn't matter if he can't play
0: doesn't matter if he can't play or not because he wouldn't be playing because of the injury stafford fully available I thought Stafford and McVay were best friends. They were in Cabo signing, making, making deals last time. Two years later, he's, he's fully available. And I, the team, by the way, Les need came out and said, well, Matt Stafford is a pillar that we plan on building around. Lombardi on the McAfee show had a counter to that already.
1: He's got 57 million coming to him no matter what. The Rams, what are they going to do? They're trying to get out from it. So I don't really want to hear the bullshit that, oh, we're not trying to trade him. Yes, you are. You've called teams. I know this. And so, like, I don't really care what they say. Like, they all lie about it. I lied about it.
0: Are you lying now, Lombardi? Now you've called your own integrity into question. No, I don't need Lombardi to tell me uh, after you hear the Rams deny that it's not true right? Lombardi confidently told Pat McAfee that Stafford was available. Now you can have your opinions on Lombardi, but I doubt he did that just on a whim, right? Somebody somewhere at some point told him that somebody had called about Stafford. This is, this is how it works in the NFL. Ready? The Rams make sure the leak gets to a insider. Lombardi could have been Schefter. could have been Rap, Could have been Pellicero. Could have been John Jones at CBS. Could have been anyone. He'll get the word out, or she'll get the word out. It's Kimberly Martin, someone like that. Then once the word is out, you deny it for Stafford's sake. In case you still have to bring him back. You go, oh, he's a pillar. But guess what? The cat's out of the bag. The toothpaste is out of the tube. You can't put it back in. So now teams that heard the original report are calling anyway just to check. And that's all you need. You just need the call. Now you know they're interested. Now you can go to step two. And this is exactly the Rams' M.O., right? They gave Goff a big deal. He took them to a Super Bowl. Traded him a couple years later. They brought in Stafford. He not only took him two, he won a Super Bowl. Shopping him a couple years later. You know, it's it's, it's one of those things where, you know, uh, we're talking red flags and dating. If you talk to somebody and they have like six exes, and they're all crazy, you start to recognize yeah, maybe the common denominator isn't the, the the X's, maybe it's you, right? If the Rams have Jared Goff, takes him to a Super Bowl, signs a fat deal, doesn't work out, then they bring in Stafford, wins him a Super Bowl, signs a fat deal, now they're looking to move on, starting to think it might, and by the way, Goff went to the, the, the Lions and resurrected everything. Not to say this is the correct way to think, but Colin Coward has him as the third best quarterback in the NFC. I don't have him quite that high, but the fact that that's even plausible shows that that there was something there when they moved on from him. So so the maybe, maybe, maybe it's the Rams. And prior to the scandal in the emails and everything that John Gruden had. Um, he was obviously seen as an offensive guru, but he was also known for his affinity for the next quarterback. Right, Whoever was his quarterback he did not like, the backup quarterback or the quarterback he was trying to trade for or the quarterback he was trying to draft, that was always the apple of his eye. He was always a fan of the next quarterback, which is why you can have an offensive guru status and you look at the quarterbacks, it's like every two years he had a new one. Tampa, Prior to that, with 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 um, Oakland, then once again with Oakland slash Vegas, and where does McVay come from? All I mean, all of those those that same little, same little coaching tree. Maybe he's never satisfied. I mean, he won a Super Bowl with Matt Stafford two years ago. It's really like a year and a half ago. Now, and maybe it's pure money and they're realizing that they they've spent way more than they had but but i mean every other team like you look at every other team at the top of the league what do they say i mean we'll sell everything but the quarterback right we'll we'll sell every, we'll we'll put sponsors on our our ketchup dispensers we'll 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 look for money everywhere we possibly can that squirt of ketchup brought to you by We'll cut our defense and that. We'll, we'll completely stop spending on special teams. Our, our offense will be terrible, but that quarterback is untouchable. The Rams are going, well, everything must go. It, it It's fascinating that Stafford would even be discussed as, as a – Gettable person, even though as a gettable asset, even though he's recklessly expensive, which by the way, they just signed that deal. Like when it's, it's just kind of similar to the, the Rodgers thing, only Rodgers bullied Green Bay into it, so I don't blame them as much. If you sign an old quarterback to a massive contract, you are saying out loud, we are completely comfortable riding this guy into the sunset of his career. Right? We're, we're just going to ride that guy at quarterback till the wheels fall off. Because who in their right mind would spend that kind of money to trade for and then pay an old quarterback? And the thing is, the Rams did it. They, they did it right. They won the Super Bowl with him, which makes fans be okay with the twilight. If they hadn't won the Super Bowl with him, then everyone would go, what the heck is going on here? But they won the Super Bowl with him, so everyone would be like, all right, let's send him off correct with five bad years or much le- le- he has left on his career or left on his contract. Where do, where would he even fit into this? If they legitimate like, if they, they might have to do a golf deal. Remember they traded golf and two firsts for Stafford when some thought Stafford was only worth one, so it was, like, literally, like, we'll give you another if you take golf. If they're willing to give sweeteners for a team to take Stafford, where does he even fit into the carousel? Would you want him more than Rodgers? Would you want him more than a team would have wanted Derek Carr? Would you want him more than Jimmy G? Would you want him more than a rookie? And we can keep going. Would you want him more than Baker? How far down you want to go? Would you want him more than Carson Wentz? Heineke? For that price? If you could pay Heineke three million, or you could pay Stafford fifty. It's it's more of a question than I thought it would be when I first started uh, debating. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. What's Stafford's value to the NFL? 757-687-9494. Once again, that phone number, 757-687-9494. We're going to try to make you some money. Speaking of money, coming up next in a little segment we call Virginia Is for Covers.
1: Here in the Commonwealth, we love long walks on the beach, candlelit dinners, and making piles and piles of cash. It's Virginia is for covers on The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1.
0: Hold up. That's right. We do it a little differently here. Virginia is for lovers. That's a slogan, that's a jingle that's in commercials. Virginia's for covers this is about winning bets and that's what we do here on the Tim Donnelly show and as always a little something special for you at the end that could potentially make you a whole bunch of money all right let's get it started uh, with my first pick of the weekend my uh our favorite picks of the weekend pretty simple um as you know I'm a narrative better I'm a storyline better I like to look for motivations I like to try to peer into the mind of athletes and see what makes them tick uh and guess what there's there's been a little bit of an MVP debate over the last few few days in in the NBA. For some reason, probably because football is kind of slow right now, everybody wants to yell and scream about the the MVPs, and uh, and players hear it. And somebody that's not being put in the MVP position, it's Jokic who's been been put there, is Joel Embiid. The over-under on his points is set at 33.5 points versus Portland. He's averaging 33 on the season, but he's been playing better as of late. I think he goes over 33.5 points versus Portland for the simple fact so he can grab the microphone in a post-game press conference and make some quip about how everybody thinks someone else is the MVP. Like, he's motivated in that way. He's a little petty, and he's knocking down his threes over 33.5.
2: Tim, little March Madness Pac-12 action UCLA who has been on a roll This season, they have looked very good. They are the five and a half point favorites over Oregon tonight. So, give me the late Pac 12 game at UCLA to cover the five and a half points.
0: Pac 12 after dark. That's right. Think
2: Pac 12 will exist in a couple years? We'll see. But right now it does. And UCLA (laughs) is dominating. Every, like, every, uh, probably, I was going to say two hours, 20
0: minutes. The Big Twelve leaks that they're trying to take the best team from the Pac-12, and it's just like really like, it's like do something or stop talking about it. Um, back to the NBA. Uh, so in in this thought process, right, Joel Embiid goes out has a big day. He hits the over in points. And then there's this other guy who's lo- saying, no, Joel Embiid should not take my place as the favorite in the MVP race. That's me. Uh, and, and this is Nikola Jokic saying that, and he's playing against the Spurs. I'm not a big Spurs fan at the moment. I don't think they're, uh, you know, top dog. So give me Nikola Jokic over. He only, his over-under is only 22 and a half. So yeah, 23. He's going to do that just because Joel Embiid's been scoring, and these two guys are in that little neck and neck thing going on. So go ahead and give me Jokic, over 22 and a half points. And I think they get those numbers, both of them just on pure volume and want to, right? They're just, they're just going to keep shooting until they get that much.
2: Tim, give me Tyler hero over two and a half, three pointers. He has been playing well. And especially from behind the three point line over two and a half seems like a low number for him. I see him doing very well tonight. So give me Tyler hero over two and a half, three pointers. Tyler Hero is an optimist. Do you know how I know this?
0: In their last game, Tyler Hero had a screen set for him by Udonis Haslam. Udonis Haslam is 100 years old. Uh, By the way, he's retiring after this offseason, or after this season, in this offseason. Udonis Haslam is like, I I, I haven't, but I should go back and look at who his teammates were his rookie year. So I think it would probably be like uh, Bob Pettit, Pete Maravich, Bill Walton, like some older guys. Um, so anyway, Tyler Hero, ball handling, screen set for him by Udonis Haslam. Udonis Haslam's been playing basketball since George Mikan, so he knows what to do after you set a screen. You roll. So he's rolling to the bucket, and Hero threw him an alley-oop. And Haslam tried to jump to catch it, and his knees went ee- sprayed the WD-40 on there, did not get anywhere near the ball, and it just went out of bounds, and Udonis Haslam fell on the ground. And even though in Udonis' age, in UD's age, he's still fiery, and he was just on the ground, fallen, obviously couldn't get, like, you know, borderline fallen, and he can't get up. And he was staring daggers at Hero. And all I could think was, Tyler Hero thought you still had the juice. He thought you could still get up. That is an optimist right there. He, that, that alley-oop was an alley-oop, but it was also a compliment to you, Udonis Haslam. He thought you still had young UD's legs. All right, where, where are we at now? Uh, my next my next one. Um, did you see Fred Van Vliet just tear apart the officials? I did. Uh, viral clip, if you haven't seen it, he, as boldly as, and, and as bluntly as I've seen anyone do it, tears apart NBA officiating, name-calling that we can't say on radio, uh, the the Talking about the quality of the calls, we can't say on radio. It, it was so aggressive that I think it was Marcus Smart, after another game where he didn't like the, the referees, just said, you guys saw what Fred Van Vliet said, right? I'm going to let him say it. Like, it's that good, or it's that aggressive. So this upcoming game, they're playing the Lakers. I'm taking Fred Van Vliet under one and a half steals. Because I think every time he is aggressive at all on defense, the officials are gonna call a foul. Because they don't like being called out like that. They're human too. They ride together. Like you talked bad about my colleague. So now, oh, look at that. You reach, whistle. Another reach, whistle. Van Vliet on the arm. Other way. I think if I could take the overs and fouls, I would, but that wasn't available at the book I was looking at. So I'm taking the under and steals because every time he comes away with the ball, they're going to say it was a foul.
2: couple of hockey games on the docket for tonight. I'm going to stay within the eastern coast of things. Give me the Florida Panthers and Carolina. Matthew Kachuk, he is averaging five shots a game. That is one of those prop bets I love betting on. Give me over three and a half shots. For Matthew Kachuk again Over the last week Couple weeks he's been averaging five shots A game and over three and a half Just seems like we're looking for winners here That's a winner in my book Kachuk? Kachuk Sounds like a hockey name Kachuk? Is it spelled
0: with 37 consonants? It starts with a T Kachuk starts with a T? It sure does That's even better That is fantastic Now I'm in. I want to bet on Kachuk are you sure you're pronouncing it right? 100%. All right. Uh, touchdown parlay, I've made an executive decision. It's been a while since we hit one of these, so I'm eliminating the honey hole. We're going to go three-leg parlay. Normally it's four, but I like sometimes you just need to see a ball go through the hoop. We just need a winner. Uh, so it'll be one from me, one from Robbie, and one from uh, one from the, the Twitter poll, which is up at the moment, a little college basketball Twitter poll. At ESPN Radio 941
2: every Friday, you can help us make a pick. Robbie, you go first this time. I'm switching up the juju. You know what? You said you wanted to bet on Kachuk. Let's bet on Kachuk. Kachuk. You just changed the pronunciation. Sorry, my bad. Matthew Kachuk, over three and a half shots. Again, he plays for the Panthers, and I like it. It's just, you know, it's one of those, those games that I love. Panthers should have no problem beating. Chuck being, it up. You know, Chuck it up with Matthew Kachuk. He actually has a brother also that plays in the league. Brady Kachuk.
0: There's there's not three Kachuks?
2: There's not three Kachuks, only one. <laughs> two. And they're uh, very
0: good. Give me Fred Van Vliet under five and a half steals. Um I'm I'm I think uh, officials are are humans too. I just I just think that's a underrated part of the game. Um I don't think I'm not I'm not alleging anything nefarious. I don't think they're consciously going to try to make it a tough day for him i think subconsciously there's going to be a you talk bad about my buddy i i I make sure you have a long day uh and the one from the twitter poll the uh the options were it was the duke miami game that, that we were going off of uh duke favored by two and a half miami plus two and a half and then the over under was set at 145 and a half uh we have a tie so we'll just take the one on top duke plus or sorry minus two and a half duke is the pick from the listeners. So that is a three leg parlay. If all three of those things happen, Kachuk over three and a half shots. Fred Van Vliet under one and a half steals. And Duke minus the two and a half. If all all three of those bits bets hit, we'll have a nice chunk of change to give to you, the listeners. That is by far the most random touchdown parlay we've had. Uh probably ever. So there you go. That's touchdown parlay on Virginia's for covers here on the Tim Donnelly show. Uh, we are going to take a break, but don't go anywhere because Odell Beckham Jr. is, he could be working out as we speak. OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., Mr. One Hand Catch, is auditioning for his next role in the NFL. Stick around. It's do every
1: story, he chooses the one that makes him laugh. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Stafford going to the end zone, reaching up and making the grab. Odell Beckham Jr.
0: That was the Super Bowl. That was Matt Stafford throwing a touchdown to Odell Beckham Jr. How fast things change. 761 days ago, Matt Stafford found Odell Beckham Jr., for a touchdown in the Super Bowl that they won. And now 761 days later, Odell Beckham Jr. is holding a workout today to show teams that he's healthy after missing an entire year. And Matt Stafford is reportedly available for trade from the Rams. This comes at you fast. And you know what? I hope we get to see highlights from Odell Beckham Jr.'s workout. Because I have no clue what kind of trick shots OBJ is going to pull out of his bag for a workout that he designs himself. For the details, here's the interrupt report on Good Morning Football.
1: It's been a couple of weeks, I would say, since we talked about Odell Beckham Jr. possibly joining a team at the end of the regular season. Maybe a playoff team, maybe being the final piece to that Super Bowl run. Just did not happen, despite us talking about it for hours and hours and hours. I'm guilty on that. It's all good. Odell Beckham Jr. wants to remind teams that he is still really good, and he is finally healthy from that ACL tear that he suffered last year in the Super Bowl. He is working out for teams today. In Arizona, I'm told several teams already expected to be on hand to watch Odell run routes and prove that that he is fully, fully back. He is able to sign right now. So if teams like what they see, and I've seen some videos on the old IG, it looks pretty good, then I wouldn't be surprised to see a quick signing here for one of the top free agents available.
0: There is one goal for Odell Beckham Jr. in his workout today. Show teams that he is healthy and can run. Not, not run like can physically run. I'm talking like run, run. Like Odell Beckham Jr. needs to run. Because after last year, you, I mean, you even heard Rappaport kind of joking about it. The the start-stop nature of his return where it was, okay, he's looking to come back midseason. Okay, he's looking to come back with a couple games before the postseason. Okay, he's looking to come back for the postseason. Okay, he's not looking to come back. That would, would give me a ton of concern to to sign him because that feels like you should have been ready, but you weren't. Okay, you should have been back, your rehab should have been done, but it wasn't. So it's like, are you ever going to come back? are you, Is it ever going to be the same, or do you think every time you you're ready to come, you're ready to come back it, you're you're going to have a drawback. so there's one goal. you just have to show everybody that that you are physically all the way back from the injury, but you can you just you just know. He's going to have a section where he's going to run nothing but double moves, and then every catch is going to be made blindfolded with one hand. Right? Yeah, I mean, you just – he has to. He has to. And there's going to be music playing. Guess who's going to be the quarterback? Throwing it to him. Former Virginia Tech Ryan Willis, who's now a USFL quarterback. Apparently, they've been working out together. Wild combo, but I guarantee you he's gonna throw one or two that that make OBJ do something crazy, whether intentionally or not. Cause like at pro days, normally like this, it's kind of a pro day, right? Normally a pro day, your agent. Your 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 guru, right? Your position trainer that's getting you ready for the draft. Uh sometimes your college coaches or a strength coach will come together to plan out your pro day workout. Okay, we're gonna throw two slants, then two outs, then we're gonna and then you're gonna run this route, that route, we're gonna have defensive backs here, bags here, you're gonna run this, you're gonna do that. He's past that. OBJ is past that, right? So he'll do it himself. And I just imagine like Jarvis Landry is going to be there uh, just for hype purposes, not not working out. And there's going to be a lot of one-handed catches. So I want to see the highlights, but I also want to understand this. He can help a winner. Like he can help a contender. The reason why I said the only thing he has to prove is that he's healthy is because he's already proven all of the other concerns about him wrong. He's a locker room cancer. He can't help a winner. He can't fit into a contender locker room. He can't take a backseat to other stars. He can't be a number two wide receiver. Well, guess what? He went to the Rams, fit into a winner's locker room, did not uh, be here. He wasn't a cancer to a Super Bowl champion's locker room. He was not the main attraction. He was the number two wide receiver to Cooper Cup. They're like everything that you were worried about. He's done. He got hurt and was still kind of team happy. So now all he has to do is prove that he's healthy enough to demand some cool things like money, long-term extension, rather than one year. He's basically auditioning for two things, right? He's out there working, doing his best, I'm sure, right? Running routes, cutting, making cool catches with the goal of two things. One – get as many teams interested as possible because I'm sure he wants to pick one that he thinks has the 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 cocoon, right? The the insulation necessary for him to be successful. And for higher pay. That's that's the point he's at now once he proves that he's healthy. Then he wants to be able to say, "Okay, these three teams want me." He wants to go full high school recruit. He wants to put hats out and pick one up and put it on because that one has a quarterback that he likes, it's in a city that he likes, it has an offensive play caller that he likes and another wide receiver that he gets along with. Like he can do that once he builds up the options. And he can also say you know I want double digit millions per year. Which not many not many wide receivers can say coming off a season of of no play at all. So today there's a lot there's a lot riding on it. It's just simple. That like the The legends of some of the best talent evaluators walking out of workouts because they don't want to see him interested, but what it actually is is they've seen enough. Right, you'll show up to watch like it happens in baseball. They'll show up to watch like a high school pitcher, right, and they'll have driven six hours into a small town in Texas, and and they're playing on a, a field that looks like it's grazing land in the offseason, and they just put a fence up and and this this old scout will watch the game and they'll watch the pitcher throw like four pitches and then they'll spit out their sunflower seeds pack up their folding chair and go back to the car and drive the 6 hours home and and everyone's like oh man what a bummer i guess he didn't like it then they draft him with the number 3 overall pick it's not because they walked away because they didn't like it they walked away cuz they had seen everything they needed to see that's kind that kind of would be me with OBJ to, uh, at this workout like four routes in, I'm gonna know if he's physically back or not. I'm gonna know if he's holding back. I'm gonna know if he's throttling down. I'm gonna know if he's cutting hard. And if he's doing all of that, I know the guy can catch. I don't have to sit here and be like, okay, oh, let's let's see Ryan Willis heat one up on a on a on a hitch and see if he can handle the fastball. Like it's Odell Beckham Jr. He's proven everything aside from the injury. Let me see like two two comebacks and one post. And then I'll walk away. I'll let someone else deal with the rest. Unless he does say, like, hold on, I got something special for you. Because if Odell Beckham Jr. says, hold on, I got something special for you, you might want to sit back down. I I would just like to see that. Right? It would be like if Vince Carter was like, hold on, I'm going to do some dunks after this workout. I'd be like, I'm going to stay till the end of the workout now. I I don't want to miss it. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We are taking the show on the road next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, leading up to the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. So catch us broadcasting live on Monday from Wild Wing Cafe in Chesapeake, Inland Reef in Virginia Beach on Tuesday, and on Wednesday, we'll be at Old Beach Tavern in Virginia Beach. Stop out and say hi. So this is our last show before we hit the road. It is. Sneaks up on you. Kyler Murray. There's a hard transition there. Kyler Murray needs to grow up. That's that's not my words. That's his teammate. We have that audio coming up next.